Hello and welcome to this edition of the Script Podcast. I am Vibhar Ravi, Senior Editor with Sightline for Script and Pink Sheet. And joining me today is Mr. Sanjay Singh. As a founder CEO at Genova Biopharmaceuticals, he has focused on innovation which led to the commercialization of seven biotherapeutics in the cardiovascular, neurology, nephrology and oncology segments. He has forged global partnerships for, for research on neglected diseases and served on multiple committees, including one that contributed to the establishment of a pathway and guidelines to market biosimilar products in India. Most recently, he has been instrumental in developing India's first mRNA vaccine against COVID-19. Welcome, Dr. Singh. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on this podcast. You spent six years at the National Institutes of Health in the U.S. with three years as head of the antigen research section at NIAID. How was the experience and did you have the occasion to work with the likes of, say, Anthony Fauci? How did this stint come in handy when you founded Genova? This is a very important question. So uh, before going to NIH, I was here at Interstate Center for Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology, New Delhi, and there I worked for four years. And then I moved to National Institute of Health, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, which its uh, director is uh, Dr. Tony Fauci. It was a first true global exposure and uh, with unlimited opportunities. That has given a whole new paradigm shift in my thinking and especially it, it opened you the whole world, especially the networking, people, technologies, resources, all this collaborations. This is a huge transformation came in my personality, my work culture. And I worked there for six years. And then at a given point, I decided to come back and start the private organization with my experience, what I have national and international. And this is the way we initiated Genova Biopharmaceuticals. And here we focus on the innovation in biomanufacturing, how we can produce these most advanced science in area of medical fertility uh, at affordable rate and which can be made available in the country. And in this first series was third generation thrombolytic, which is required as a clot buster during the heart attack. You have been at the helm of the company since 2006. Could you briefly share some key moments in your journey here? Yes, first thing was uh, to identify the priorities, which direction we have to go. So we decided to develop the platform technologies, mammalian platform technology, microbial platform technology. And as I come back from the area of vaccine research, also we started exploring certain particular aspect of vaccine, especially in terms of manufacturing. Yes, very important moment. One of the moment was that when we got the approval for our third generation symbolic for a stroke, acute ischemic stroke, and this was the true innovation came from India. And we got the global patent on this more than 60 countries. And today, this innovation is saving thousands of life every month. So this was one of the very important moment for us. Then 
building the team, building the manufacturing plants, building the R&D plants. So in 2011, we started a new center, which is Vaccine Formulation Center. And here we started focusing a group of people, a team we built who started focusing on the vaccine formulation. And mRNA vaccine is basically, you can say, outcome of that efforts. It, it took us a decade to, to develop a thought process capabilities, technologies, uh, people, but finally today where we are. Now that GemcoVac-19, your mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccine is a reality and an outcome of all the efforts that you're talking about that you made during those days, where do we go from here? Where else do you intend to deploy mRNA technology? And is there any particular disease or area you want to prioritize? Yes, uh, first thing that mRNA technology has delivered the safest and most effective vaccine against COVID. But it was unequal distribution of this innovation because you need low temperature storage capacity for these vaccines. And we made innovation into this. And today our vaccine is stable at 2 to 8 degrees centigrade. So hopefully we will able to do an equity distribution and democratization of this most advanced technology. This is one thing. The second thing, infectious diseases are very close to my heart. So there are many local uh, problems. You can say dairy, chikungunya, HPV, tuberculosis. So these are the focus area, but primarily focus area is infectious diseases. And then we move also into the personalized cancer vaccines. So that was going to be my next question, actually, because uh, you it's great that you're focusing on diseases like dengue, which infects nearly 400 million people a year. And undoubtedly, uh, disease like tuberculosis is of prime significance for a country like India. You spoke about using mRNA technology also for cancer therapy. So would you like to talk a bit more in this regard? So one new area is emerging, which is new antigens. Advantage with mRNA vaccine could be that uh, we can develop personalized cancer vaccine very quickly. Though we can divide if there is head and neck cancer in a particular class, but disease pathology is different for each individual. Same with the most of the cancers. So can we identify what are those new antigens are there? Can we make a vaccine against that? And can we very quickly um, go back and reach to the patient and provide a therapeutic approach to that? So this is a bigger goal, long-term goal. Let's see how we progress into it and how the field evolves. But we are very much there. Genova plans to conduct trials for the Omicron variant, but Moderna and Pfizer have found that Omicron-specific candidates were around threefold less effective against the increasingly dominant BA4 and BA5 subvariants versus BA1. What do you think is the reason and why have some non-mRNA vaccines like that from Sanofi and GSK had better success with Omicron than with the original strain? So this is a little bit difficult to answer. The technology of Moderna and Pfizer is based on uh, non-self-refining mRNA. Their delivery system is quite different than us. So we do not know how it will figure out with us because we are on the verge of starting the clinical for Omicron as a booster, but certainly we have to keep pace with the how the virus is mutating 
So just in case of flu vaccine, every year we come with a new sequence, make the vaccine and deliver the vaccine. And we get around 75 to 80% success. We still 25% people get infected with flu. In this case, looks like the way virus is mutating, we may need every six to eight months a new version of the vaccine. And here the mRNA plays most important role. This is part one. So we have to see our results and we have to come and see how it is performing. But on the other hand, in terms of protein-based adjuvant, I think they are still uh, not reviewed by the USFDA. Once the USFDA gets reviewed and see what kind of data is coming, because I think what you are talking, this is based on the press report. So once it goes to regulatory, then I can answer better, but I have not seen the hard data at, till now. But there could be some, some difference between mRNA and uh, protein antigen. Okay. At the recent press conference, CEO Mr. Samit Mehta had said that several countries have expressed interest in purchasing or licensing Gemcovac-19. How far have those talks progressed? And also, is there any update on sourcing by the Indian government? Yes. So in India, the process is twofold. The first, the regulatory uh, approval is there, and then it is followed by review by Antigi, and they decide which way the vaccine is going to be deployed. So we are in the discussion with the Antigi, and hopefully in a week time we can, will come to know how to how the government want to deploy this vaccine. Uh, this is a standard vaccine, or this is a precautionary dose, or additional dose, or this can be also used as a booster. So that we will figure it out uh, within a week once they review the data, the entity independent authority reviews the data, and they will come with their comments. Yes, this vaccine has a huge opportunity in low and middle income countries, and we are in discussion with many partners, including WHO, and uh, Hopefully at present, I can only say this, that this will bring a huge equity and democratization of this technology and uh, we'll keep you updating on this. But yes, we are in discussion with very many countries and MIC. Okay, so when you say you're discuss in discussions with WHO, you mean this is for the pre-qualification of the vaccine? Yes, this, is, this will be a pre-qualification for the vaccine and how the pre-qualification process goes. And also in future, because you might have seen recently, um, the press release came from WHO that new waves are very much expected. So how quickly we can make the newer version of the vaccine and where we can say the next generation vaccine uh, to fight this disease. Right. Now that Genova has come into the national or even international limelight, has the company or the parent MCure had any expression of interest from venture capital funds or other companies for a joint venture? So at present, I would like to say yes, MCure is one of the majority investors in Genova, but these are two independent companies. Genova and MCure is two independent companies. Certainly, uh, based on the success of this vaccine, based on going ahead, with new vaccine clinical data, which is other diseases, we may have an opportunity to expand our manufacturing base 100 to 1,000 fold. In that case, we would need investment. These are long-term discussion, and we are very open to it, and also talking to a few of the people, uh, not only locally, but internationally. Not in joint program, but certainly also in, in term of uh, equity investment. 
so this investment will come into independent manufacturing facilities for genova this is not going to be part of the production capacity or the setup that mcure has is that right no so so we have all these things independently of mcure and uh, if required we can utilize mcure existing facilities or we can also go to other partners contract manufacturers but at present because this is a new platform first we will ful fulfill uh, the capacity which we have in genova and then we will move on further it's safe to say that covid-19 has marked a few firsts in technology adoption you chose the mrna path and zydus successfully developed a dna vaccine but has regulation in india managed to keep pace what have been the positive changes that you've seen and what is on the company's wish list in this respect so i will say covid was a very difficult situation for all over the world including india india situation was bit different than others because india is one of the country which produce maximum doses of different vaccine for global supply too given this background when covid came and with such a vast population we have to have the vaccine made and our peers has made a great effort and they made the made the vaccine available but today we have celebrated just last yesterday or day for yesterday 200 crore doses so we have a population of around 135 crore so we need 270 crore doses and now the booster is required so there is a huge requirement is there so all the vaccine platforms which has been approved by the government they each has opportunity to play role depending upon which vaccine uh, delivery its response its advertisement all those so it will chalk out but certainly we because of vaccination we have saved lot of lives and in this i will say regulatory authorities has played a pivotal role um, for me mrna was absolutely uncharted territory where we had discussion we had intense discussion but at the end this is safety is first then comes efficacy and third come affordability so government was very supportive different agencies of the government were very supportive like supply the raw material and regulatory was so here we are but from here onwards how we can keep our country safe from covid still this is a challenge it is not a gone away case till now what do you think of pan corona virus vaccines do you think they going to work and how far are we are we from those till now last 35 years 30 years we have tried to make a pan flu vaccine somehow because of nature because of biology because of mutation we have not succeeded in doing so making a pan corona vaccine will not be a easy solution but certainly in science nobody can say no to any possibility so many uh, players many academic institutions uh, many innovators are trying to make pan corona vaccine and we are also into the same league but time will tell whether the vaccine next generation vaccine which we have produced is it pan corona or not i will say the jury is open it will take 6 to 8 months or 9 months a year when we can say whether we have succeeded or not like others okay so genova itself is also developing a pan corona virus vaccine yes we are we are there 
Oh, great. Thank you. With that, we come to an end of this podcast. I hope you listeners found it interesting. If you're not already subscribed to our products, you can begin with a free trial by registering on our sites. Our podcasts on a range of topics are freely available on all the popular platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts. So do give them a listen. Bye for now. <laughs>